0: Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Our topic today is the date of the internal revolution. I think, I I can't say, thus saith the Lord, but let's put it this way. In my heart, it's a date I'm looking for. It's a date I suspect may in fact be the date that the internal revolution will start. Now, first of all, and we have a lot, what, 10,000 new, subscribers here of recent. So, a lot of them don't know the background, so I need to take, so I'm not trying to brag or be boastful in any way, but I need to to take just a second and explain. So, in February of 1988, I wrote a letter to Dimitri Dudeman, Romanian pastor, had smuggled Bibles into Romania, Russia for some 30 years. He was arrested, put through five months of torture, They put him on the electric chair twice. As the electricity is going through him, the angel Gabriel came to him and said, you're not going to die, you're going to America to give them a warning from God. Long story short, he arrived in America in 1984. The angel came to him again, showed him California, Las Vegas, New York, and Florida. He said, you see what I've shown you? This is Sodom and Gomorrah, and one day it will burn. How will it burn? Now, here's the point. He said, the fall of America will start with an internal revolution in America. Now, I have to give you the definition of an internal revolution. It's not rioting. It's not burning. It's not looting. It's not breaking windows. It's not going in in mass uh, people and looting a, a, a department store or something. It is the armed overthrow of a government by the people. That's the definition of an internal revolution. Some of the people will start fighting against the government. The government would be busy with internal problems. Then from the oceans... Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, and two other countries will attack and defeat America in one day and one hour, so great riches will come to naught. Now, there's more, but let me get to the point. So do you think, if you're God, do you think that a God that has been carrying that message since February of 1988, if through the years he had asked many times, God, tell me the date, when will the internal revolution start? If you were God, would you say that that guy might have earned the right to have that date? Okay, so that's the point. If you think that God just might have just given me that date, since I've been carrying that message for some, what, 32 years, maybe he has. I can't say for certain, but maybe he's had. So here's the story. The date we're to watch for, I'm going to make this clear. I'm not saying this is the date of the Internal revolution. I don't think God has spoken to me clear enough in my heart to tell you for sure that God has told me that's the date. I believe He has given me a hint close enough in my heart, my relationship with Him, that I'm going to be watching the date very carefully. I, you know, as watchmen, that's what we do. We can't guarantee everything is going to come, but as watchmen, that's what we do. We watch. So I'm giving you that date. Now, I'm going to spend, and also going to say, I'm going to get a little deep today. Sometimes the deeper things in the Lord just take time to explain. So if you want to know why I arrived at that and several more important dates, you'll stay with me to the end on this today, because if I cut it short, just because you don't have the time to watch the end, then somebody else is going to want to know the whole thing. So I get to give you the whole thing. So I encourage you to go all the way to the end. It'll be a little longer than normal, but it will I believe it'll really be worth it. Okay, so that's the date to watch, March 17th. Now, as I record this, (laughs) this is the 7th. That's only 10 days. Yeah, I'd love to have given (laughs) you two or three years' notice, but, I mean, I can only give what I believe the Lord has given me. So that's the date to watch. Let me make it clear. I'm not saying that the internal revolution is going to start on that day, but I'm watching to see if it does. Now, here's why. I told you part of this. So last week, from Thursday to Sunday, we drove to Topeka. And uh, me and Leslie and my daughter and also Dwight, the the manager of Joseph Kitchen, we literally worked from 8 in the morning until 11 at night. And then Sunday night, we were driving back exhausted. <laughs> and uh, But I've been t- I tell him the whole time, I said, I'm telling you right here in my heart, God has been speaking to me. We need to buy more wheat. We need to buy more wheat. So we got back Sunday evening. The whole time I was harping on them. I'm I'm telling you. I mean, the same voice that speaks in my heart, and it's not a novel voice, but it's it's a knowing, okay? It's the same way God tells me, this is what you should put on the program today. It's that same way inside my heart that he keeps speaking this. We need to buy more wheat. So went to sleep that night at 2.45, March the 28th. Now, the important thing to notice here is 2.45 a.m. So I woke up at 2.45, and we have a digital clock. And all of a sudden, it was like it was this big, (laughs) 2.45. It was like, pay attention to that time. So I made note of the time. But what I, I heard, and I did not hear a voice. I didn't have a dream vision, angel vision, none of that. It was this still inner voice. But it was screaming at me like I'd never had before. I probably... The outside of a, an audible voice, which I've had a couple of times, a dream vision or something like that. I never had never had an angel visit. But I think it was the strongest God had ever spoken to me. And he said, buy more wheat. That's what I've been telling him for three or four days. We need to buy more wheat. Then I heard again, buy more wheat now. And then he spoke to Martin and said, if you do not buy it now, you will never feed all of the people that I intend for you to feed. Well, of course that, you know, broke my heart because you know, I want to do what the Lord wants me to do. But here's the point, and I already covered all that. Here's what I didn't tell you. And I think I didn't tell you because I made the program on that Monday. It aired Tuesday, but it just kept coming back to me, this two two forty five. See, because when he when he showed me that two forty five, he impressed in my heart that it was a date. <laughs> I ignored it. (laughs) Two forty-five a day. (laughs) Two forty-five not a day. You didn't hear anything, but it kept coming back, and it kept coming back, and it kept coming back until finally Wednesday. I thought, all right, all right, all right. (laughs) How how could two forty-five be a date? So I thought, okay. (sighs) Assuming the two is February, and there's twenty-eight days in February. So if we go February is 28, and then March 1 would be 29, 30, 31, 32. Okay, well, you count over 45, and the date is March 17th. I'm thinking, so? (laughs) What's March 17th? Okay, toss that out again. means nothing. Okay, just ignore it. So I saw 2.45 a.m. as a, a date, not just a time. Now, I, I'm going to have to explain something for you to get this. So I've got to cover a couple of scriptures here. I know a lot of people don't like me covering much in scriptures, but if you're going to get this, i got to cover these scriptures. I'm going to cover them quickly so as not to bore you, but if you're going to understand where we're going with this, you've got to get this. Okay, so now the question is, so what is March 17th? And that's what's on my heart at this time. What is March 17th? I mean, that's nothing special. So in my prayer closet, I'm praying, and my chart comes to my mind, the seven-year chart, in about seven months. And I start seeing this, and it's, all of a sudden it started coming to me, wait a minute, what if March 17th is one of the feasts? I better go check. Now, Now, let's go to this, this story here in the Bible, because you're about to get a, a big pow Wow when you see this. So in, in Esther, and I deleted the area, I think it's Esther four or something like that. The king promoted Haman, which is a bad guy. And, uh, Haman was telling everybody they had to bow, bow, bow down to him, but the prophet Mordecai wouldn't do it. So, uh, Haman made, uh, a gallows and he was planning on hanging Mordecai. This made Haman very angry. So he sought to kill all of the Jews, not just the prophet and told the king of the Jews, um, uh, and told the king, the Jews, don't obey your laws, and the king gave him permission to kill them all. Now, that's an important point. If you want to understand why I think March 17th could be the internal revolution, you have to understand this story. Purim is a story about how an evil man in a government position talked the king into setting a plan to kill off all of God's people, the Jews. Now, that's where we are in the story so far. Hang on. So Queen Esther, a Jew, called a fast, neither drink nor uh, neither eat or drink for three days or nights, and there was weeping, wailing, and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. You remember we called a solemn assembly back in 2020, both in September, then October, and then we called another one last week, or I mean last year, and we fasted for 48 hours and we prayed right through the, the, the night. Every five minutes, the microphone changed, and we prayed right through the night for 48 straight hours. In a way, we have kind of done the same thing. I've got some good news here. Stick with me. So Esther invited the king and this Haman guy, the bad guy, to come into a banquet that she was prepared. Haman saw Mordecai at the king's gate, and he stood not up nor moved for him, for he was full of indignation against Mordecai. Haman built a gallows 50 foot tall to hang Mordecai. So you got it? The bad guy in government had not only planned to kill Mordecai the prophet, but all of the Jews. That was the plan. Esther 6, that night the king commanded the book of the Chronicles to be read before him. It was found before him that Mordecai had actually informed that there was two people trying to assassinate him. So the king said, and what honor was given to Mordecai for revealing this plot? Nothing. Now I'm going to skip part of the story, get to the point here. So the king at Haman came to the banquet. Esther the queen answered and said to the king, If I found favor in your side, O king, and if it please the king, let my life be given me at my petition and my people at my request. Meaning, if you don't answer my quest, just, my, my, my request, just kill me. For we are sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be slain, to perish. But if we had been sold for bondman and bondwoman, I would have held my tongue, although the enemy could not countervail the king's damage. So the king Isisuerus answered and said to Esther the queen, Who is this guy that has threatened to kill you and all of your people? Esther said, It's this guy here, this evil man, this this Haman. He's the one that's done it. At that, Haman realized he was in a great deal of trouble. The king got up off the banquet table walked out in the palace. Haman goes in and throws himself on the bed where apparently Esther was, and the king walks back in, sees Haman on the bed. He thinks he's trying to lay with his queen. So by that time, the bag appears over, I guess the assistants of the king, put a bag over his head, and he was taken, and he was hung on the gallows. Now, that's the point. The bad guy that had planned to kill God's people was hung on the gallows he had built for the prophet. My question is, is that the same thing as an internal revolution? Is the same thing about to happen here? Now, now well, hang on, there's more. Uh, so they hang him in on the gallows and he prepared that he prepared for Mordecai. Then from India, Ethiopia, he sent all the letters out there and say, not only are the, the Jews, God's people, not only are they to be not hurt, but if anybody doesn't like them, if they have any enemies, those enemies of the Jews are to be killed. Sounds to me like that was an internal revolution where the good guys rose up and overthrew the bad guys that had planned to kill them. For you to understand this, you have to understand the feasts a little bit, and I know most of you don't know the feasts, so I've got to take a little time here and explain them, because if you understand the feasts, you have to understand that when God do, does something, when it's his hand, it's not always his hand, but when it is his hand, he usually will do it on one of his feast days. He's saying, these seven days, these feast days, when I do it, I will probably do it on one of these feast days. So now let me explain. So the first thing that happened here, this is Purim. This is the day that they hung Haman and the Jews got the victory. The Jews then could kill anybody that didn't like them throughout the whole kingdom. So Purim represents good removing the evil. Let me say it again. The Feast of Purim represents an internal revolution. Purim represents the good people rising up and overthrowing the evil people. Is that not what we want to see in America? Do we not want to see the good people rise up and kick out the bad people? Could it be the March 17th? <laughs> that be, I don't know. I don't know. But there's more. Now, am I saying that the internal revolution is going to start March 17th? No. And don't say that I did. But I am saying for us watchmen, we should be watching March 17th very closely. That's what we do as watchmen. We watch it very closely. We watch to see if the internal revolution starts on March. March seventeenth. So why? So what it does? Okay, well, here's what why. If it does, then that tells us that God fulfilled one of the first feasts. Now we look to see, wait, maybe there's more. Maybe he's going to do something here. Maybe to do something here. Maybe to do something here. Maybe there's more coming this year. See what I'm saying? So we watch if the internal revelation starts then we say, okay, what else is coming? Okay, so let's look at the next feast. The next feast is Passover. Now, everybody remembers Passover. You had to put the blood on the doorpost, or the the angel would kill the people that didn't have the blood. So, the first Passover was either life or death. If you were washed in the blood, you had life. If you were not washed in the blood, you got death. So, Passover represents life or death. In the case of Jesus, he got death. But his death... Gave us life, so Passover represents life or death. Hang on, hang on. There's more. Unleavened bread represents gets the sin out. Well, that's kind of what we did in the three solemn assemblies that we held, where we fasted for forty-eight hours and we prayed through the through the night. Now you look at first fruits. Okay, what does first fruits look? You remember first fruits? This is when uh, the, the the Pharaoh called in Moses and said, "Look at." Get your stuff and hit the road. If I see your face again, you're a dead man. So all of the the Jews packed up and they left. It was about a three-day journey down to the, the Red Sea. At what time God parted the Red Sea and they left the filthy, dirty, sinful nation of Egypt. They crossed through death, okay, the water's death. They crossed through death and they came upon the promised land. A land full with milk and honey. So first fruits is a picture of removing the old and getting the new. Now, hang on, I'm not going to keep you in suspense too much longer. Let me show you where we are, and then there's there's more coming. So, if the internal revolution starts March 17th again, I'm not saying that it will. I'm saying let's just watch. Okay, if. It's, if the internal revolution starts there, then what might happen on Passover, which is the day of life and death? You don't suppose that that could be massive executions from all of the people arrested as a result of the internal revolution? Well, that would fit, wouldn't it? Now, if we see the internal revolution on the 17th, and if we see a bunch of mass executions start on April 15th, poor oh. Then we know, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, God is doing something really special on his feasts here. So so what else is he going to do? Okay, unleavened bread is just get the sin out. However, first fruits, what if that's the QFS begins? See, remember, Russia, just the SWIFT system, which is a dead system now, kicked Russia out and Russia's gone to a gold standard. Well, so what? Uh, FinalWakeUpCall.com says that all of the coins and all of the paper is all going away. The entire Swift system is going away. We're all getting a new digital QFS system. So would that be a picture of moving from the old system of corruption and stealing from us? See, when I was a kid, my mom used to give me two quarters, which bought me a Whataburger, fries, and a Coke. Today, you go to Whataburger and you'll spend about eight bucks for the same thing. What's the difference? because the SWIFT system stole it from us. So what they're doing is they're removing the old SWIFT system and they're bringing in a new SIPS system, C-I-P-S. We'll skip the explanation on that. So could it be, if we see an internal revolution on the 17th, we say, hey, man, is God following his, his, his feasts? Are we about to see mass executions on April 15th? And if we do, Then we say, maybe we're about to see this new financial system come in on April 18th, because that is moving from death to life, or through the Red Sea to the promised land. Now, if that happens, well, what about June 4th? What about Pentecost? What about, well, Pentecost, that's the marriage. That's the first, remember the first time God spoke down audibly, all of the children of Israel heard his voice, scared them to death, and they said, I will be your God." If you'll be my people, and I said, "Yes, sir, we'll do it. We'll we 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 agree. We agree, okay." So that happened according to Ezekiel. I think it's not uh, not Ezekiel. Uh, Exodus, I believe it's nineteen one. It says in the third month. Well, there's only feast, only one feast in the third month, and that is the the Pentecost. So Pentecost was the first marriage. Pentecost is the marriage supper of the Lamb, about four months before Jesus returns. So what could happen? Let me back up. So if we do see their internal revolution March 17th, if we do see mass executions on April 15th, and and if we do see a new financial system come in on about around April 18th, what could be happening on the marriage day? Well, what about this? What about DJT becomes the new P? you got to read it. I can't say those words. (laughs) What if the DJT becomes the new P, okay? Hmm, okay. Well, if we see those four, then we say, oh, now what is coming with trumpets? Okay, well, let me explain trumpets. Trumpets is the day of fire. Trumpets is mostly a Gentile day. It's the day that they simply blew trumpets. The Jews didn't have a whole lot to do with trumpets because trumpets was not for the Jews. Trumpets is mostly for the Gentiles. But on the day, remember, and he shall descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of the with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. This is the day Jesus will return ultimately at the end of the tribulation. But this is not the tribulation. But is it possible that Jesus is about to fulfill some events on this day? Well, if he was, what would he do? How about this? How about this is the day of suitcase nukes? So see, because a suitcase nuke is fire. That's I mean, the, the, really, a nuclear weapon, that's what it's really about, is heat. It's about fire. I mean, that's the reason they use it to make electricity, because uh, they put the two things together, heats up the water, and that's how they use the, the hot water to generate electricity. So since we also know that Coverstone said he saw gray skies in March and jets, to me that sounds like internal revolution. Then peace for about six months, and then in September he saw jets again and dark skies. Well, could it be the jets because the suitcase nukes go off? Could it be that that's the suitcase nukes? And could that also be the day that the tribulation starts? I'm not setting any dates. I'm not saying, thus saith the Lord. I'm not making any predictions. You and I, my brothers and sisters, we are watchmen, and that is our job. When we see a sword coming, Ezekiel 33, 6, commands us to blow the trumpet. I'm blowing the trumpet. Can I guarantee one thing of this is going to happen? No, no. Can I say God has told me? Not with enough certainty to where I can say it. I I can't say God has told me the internal revolution is going to be on, on March 17th. I can't say with enough certainty that the tribulation is going to start this September the 25th. I can't. But I'm a watchman. So, watchmen, what do they do? They watch. So, that's what I'm asking you to do. Look at that internal revolution start March 17th. Phew, we're all going to be watching these feasts. You're going to come back to this. You're going send this to all your friends and say, Look at it, look at it. This guy got it right. Okay? And then we start looking for oh, mass executions. What about a new financial system? And then DJT in the in the P again. <laughs> then the tribulation starts. All of a sudden, could it be that close? You know, how do I say this? My stomach has been upset for the last, I ran across this information Wednesday. Here it is Monday now. My stomach has been like a knot since then. I don't want to think that the tribulation is that close. I want to believe what Maurice Scholar said, that there has to be a massive revival before the tribulation starts. I used to think that you had to see all of the first, you know, the first beast, second beast, and third beast, uh, the, the third beast being the, 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 the caliphate or the, the Islamic leopard, remember the leopard with the four heads and the four four wings, I used to think, well, you had to see that before you can see the world government. But there's not exactly anything that says that has to happen. It could be that the world government is about to start, and yet we haven't had the third wing, the third beast, come into place yet. In other words, it could very well be that the tribulation is about to start in about six months, come September 25th, I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard, as it where the noise of thunder? There's nothing that promises that we get to hear that noise of thunder. I pray that I do. Probably you pray that you do. But here's the point. And I've got a lot more that I plan, <laughs> that I plan to cover on this broadcast, but I didn't think I'd have to go into this much detail, so I'm, I'm probably going to stop the broadcast here, and I'll probably continue it tomorrow. But let me, let me make my point. I want to make it clear. I'm not predicting a thing. I don't think God has spoken to me with enough clarity to guarantee you that the internal revolution is going to start March 17th. But I'm going to be watching. I believe you're going to be watching too. If it does, then the next date we look for is April 15th, because that's Passover. That's life for death. Could it be we're about to see a bunch of executions come Passover? Could it be that come First Fruits, April 18th, all of a sudden the new financial system comes in and the old bad guys are kicked out. And then could it be that the new guy comes into office, DJT, and then as a result of that, about four months later, all of a sudden, the, like like the, the Moloch and Ball Worshippers told Benjamin Fulford, we've ruled this planet for thousands of years and we'll destroy it rather than give it up. So could it be that once they see that they've lost. Not only have they been kicked out, their financial system has been kicked out, and the new guy has been put in office. All of a sudden, they say, "Hit them with nukes! Hit them with the suitcase nukes!" Now, for you, those of you who are not familiar with that, I've I've covered that several times in other programs. I suggest you hit that little magnifying glass on the the search on this same page, and you can go back and search search in other. Uh, uploads from YouTube, and search the word "suitcase" or "suitcase nukes." I've talked about it many times. It gives you all the details, but essentially, reportedly, there are some thirty-five suitcase nukes hidden all across America. Now, I think I, I think the count is up to fourteen different dreams, visions, angel visits, um, confirmed sources, fourteen different things. Just saying, those suitcase nukes are here, and so. There you go. That's that's my best guess. That's my best guess, and I think I, I, I'm going to leave you there. But I do want to go to something else. Now, I do want to invite all of you to come April the 2nd. And Leslie and I are going to be speaking in Columbia, Missouri. And she's got two talks she's going to be giving in the morning. I'm going to be doing two talks in the afternoon, uh $25 fee to make certain we know that you're actually coming. But that includes a, a free lunch, really a good deal. Uh, and we recommend you go to prophecyclub.com to get signed up. We'll talk more about it in the future, too, but go to prophecyclub.com. Also, if you're looking for long-term storage food, we'll send you to josephskitchen.com, josephskitchen.com. And if you're looking for gold or silver coins, we'll send you to CornerstoneAssetMetals.com. If you're looking for an EMP device to keep your computer chips and your car and your houses from frying, we'll send you to EMPShield.com. Use the promo code PROPHECY. EMPShield.com, promo code PROPHECY. I encourage you to sign up for Train the Prophets training class. That will be April the 21st to April the 24th, 2022. It's not just for prophets, nor is it just for apostles. It's for all those that are called to be in ministry. So that's April the 21st to April the 24th, 2022. Go to traintheprophets.com. Sign up quickly because there is a limited seating.
1: Did you not know that gladiators train in the Coliseum for war? Did you not know that samurais train in a secret dojo for war? Are you in spiritual warfare Because we know that as we walk in this world, the weapons are not carnal. So come to train the prophets so you have a place to practice, so you have a place to learn and build up your inner man where you can encourage, where you can become a minister of the word of God under the the teaching and disciplines of prophet Leslie. I can tell you firsthand that it has helped me tremendously in my walk with faith and how I hold myself and how I minister. I thank you, God, for the opportunity, and I also open the doors for you on April 21st through the 24th. Come down, check it out at traintheprophets.com. We'll see you there.
0: I'm gonna show you how I make wheat bread in about 60 seconds. Now, it actually takes two hours and 30 minutes, including organizing all of the ingredients which I have already put together. So first thing I do is I turn on the meal. I let it wind up. I put in four cups of wheat berries. That's what the wheat berries look like. They're just seeds. You can see what they look like. That takes about 30 seconds. That's turning the seeds into flour. Real flour. The way God intended it. Always let it spin up before you put the wheat in. Now to keep it a little quieter, I'm going to put the lid on. There you go, that's it. Thirty seconds, took four cups of wheat berries, and turned it into flour. Now, I take the wheat flour, right here, Nice wheat flour. I'm afraid to tip it too much, but there you go, wheat flour. This is, as it says here, water, salt, honey, olive oil, and two eggs. And this is the thermometer that is reading 100 degrees. We even send you the thermometer. Then we pour it into the bread machine. Then we pour the wheat on top. Then we put in the lecithin and the yeast. So, I have added the flour here. Now, what I do is, I first of all, I add a, le- a, 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 a tablespoon, it actually says two tablespoons, this way I do it though. A pretty good helping spoon, and I just put that off to the side. Then I move the flour around and I dig a little pit for the yeast. And I keep the yeast in a sealed container. It goes bad if you just put in the refrigerator just uh, in the bag. So then I put a tablespoon of yeast right in the little grave and I cover that up and I'm done except for setting it. So now I open the bread machine, I put all of you. Well, I the thing off, I don't want to cook that. Put this in the bread machine. I already have the bread machine preset to the settings that I want. Okay, so then I push here and I go up to number 12. There, and that didn't seat good. There, 12, and then I push play or go. Two hours and 20 minutes from now, I will have a nice, hot, steaming loaf of bread. Total time, two hours, 30 minutes. My time, 10 minutes, josephskitchen.com. josephskitchen.com. It's God's famine food. It is the cheapest way that two people can live in a time of famine, josephskitchen.com. So now our bread is finished cooking, and this is what it looks like now that it is all finished cooking, and it is a perfect loaf. Then what we do is we take this loaf out, which it's too hot for me to touch, so I'm not going to take it out right now, but what we would do is put it in this bread slicer. The bread slicer comes with your mechanics package and then you just put this in here and slice your bread like that. I also, the, the knife comes with it. We do not supply the bread box, but I do recommend you have a bread box, and then what you wanna do is keep your bread in the bread box like this. You wanna keep the light off of it, and uh, keep it moist. And I wanted to also show you what it is the difference between whole wheat bread and the stuff in the store. Okay, so this, <laughs> is a one-pound loaf I just bought in the store. That's one pound, okay, compared to, if I can get this, three pounds. This is a three-pound loaf. In other words, this actually has some weight to it. Why? Because it's not all air. It's actually nutrition. This is not, now, I want to compare one of the slices. So this is one of the slices from the, the nothing bread. This is one of the slices from my bread. You can see the difference. See that? Two slices of this a day sustains a person. Probably a half a loaf, probably a whole loaf every day would not sustain a person because there's nothing to it. The nutrition part of it has been taken out. So if you look at the difference here, that's the reason we say two of these kind of slices is a meal and it sustains you. Uh, So, I suggest that you take this out. Again, it's too hot for me to take out yet. I mean, I I can dump it out, but take it out, put it in the slicer, slice it up, put it in the bread box. The bread box is not part of the mechanicals, so you have to choose one. And you'll probably have to choose a large one because (laughs) It, the, the loaves that come out of this are so much larger. Anyway, so it's excellent bread. So what we're asking you to do today is to get this book in DVD. Now, hang on, hang on. I'm going to put a challenge out there. I've had several emails come to me lately, and people will be repenting. I've been watching you for, for years, and I never sent a donation until right now. And, oh, I'm really sorry. I know I should have a long time ago. But anyway, here's my donation. So let me first speak to all of the people that have never supported this ministry. I'm going to ask you this time to consider supporting it. And it's not about money. I want to get you excited about proving that the Bible is true. I think you will be so amazed by this book. It's it's book and DVD. This book is just high. Well, here's (laughs) a picture of what we were just talking about. High. Quality, full color photographs, eight and a half by eleven, big. I mean, really nice stuff. And when I saw this book, I said, oh, "I got to have it. <laughs> I got to have it because I've been there. I mean, less than I've been there. We we know this stuff's true. We've been there. You know, we got our own photographs. A lot of this stuff. This, if we really are in the last days, and I think we both believe we are, then. See God has put archaeological evidence into the earth to convince those people that will be convinced some people you never convince and what this book and dVD are is some is 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 giving you the ability to put in your hands the ability to explain the validity and the truth of the Bible now here's what we're asking okay so the book is seventy five dollars but you can buy your $3,000 airline ticket. You can go to Turkey. You can go to Israel. You can spend four, or $5,000 looking for this stuff. You won't find it. You will not find it. I'm going tell you right now. You will not find the things that are in this book because you won't have God guiding you and directing you. Some places you can't even get into today. So for $75 for that book, bargain. Bargain. It's about winning souls. Now, this is a three and a half hour double DVD. That's only one disc. It's not two discs. It's one disc, but it's a a double layer. It's three and a half hours. And this explains the things that are in the book. So you need both. Don't think about getting one or the other. Get both. So we're doing this. The DVD is 50. The book is 75. But you can get both of them for a hundred dollar donation at prophecyclub.com. Now. I got the the box behind me to show you. We just got them in. We just got them in at the the warehouse, and we are all ready to ship book and DVD. All you got to do is go to prophecyclub.com and place your order, and if you want to, you can even have them overnighted to you. The good news is EMP Shield has devices the military testing facility says protect 100% against EMP, solar flares, lightning, power surges, backed by a 10-year warranty and a $25,000 insurance policy. View simple video installation instructions for home, vehicles, RV. You can have electricity in a blackout. Use the promo code PROPHECY for a $50 gift card and it helps your Prophecy Club. Click like, share, subscribe, and send to a friend.